Welcome back to the Mike Smith Show. I'm Jody Vance filling in today. Mike will be back tomorrow. I am so thrilled that Baldry's Beat did not take a holiday on this Thanksgiving Monday. Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, is with me. Hello, Keith. Great to be here, Jody. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all our listeners. So good to have you on here. We have so much to unpack, my friend. My goodness. Let's start with the provincial level. What is happening with regard to the NDP's leadership uh, race? There was a time where we thought this was a no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, how things have changed. What a mess. Uh, we thought it was going to be a coronation for David Eby, uh, but Anjali Epidurai's uh, candidacy, she's a climate activist, has touched off a lot of internal angst in the NDP. Because she's running against the party and against the government, uh, coming at them from all sides. And it started out with the Dogwood Environmental Organizations uh, telling their members, you know, join the NDP um, and basically sort of uh, install our agenda, which doesn't match the government's agenda by any means when it comes to all sorts of policies. And then uh, uh, she joined the candidacy and it was suggested that back her. Then there was evidence some Green Party members were abandoning the Green Party in favor of joining the NDP and saying it's just a temporary thing. Uh, So it led the caucus and the party executive to the conclusion that there was suddenly a hostile takeover of the party membership underway. And now you've got this befuddling situation for the NDP where they're going to be they asked the Green Party to work with them to go over their membership lists uh, to see, make sure there was no hanky-panky there. That was a complete non-starter. There's no way the Green Party's going to open up their membership list to another party. Uh, so that yeah. was a no-go. But I think it was also designed to at least give the NDP a bit of cover, saying, well, if you're not going to do that, we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. And, and political parties are private entities. They're not, you know, there's no real rule book here other than the Elections Act and, B, and BC election, election BC rules. Uh, political parties are free to do what they want in leadership races for the most part. And so now you've got the NDP uh, doubling down and auditing all the memberships that were brought in by the Epidurai campaign uh, to see if they're valid in their eyes, whether they were just uh, people who have no interest in the NDP but just want to take it over and ins- install this fairly um, radical uh, fighting climate change and environmental uh, agenda. And if they so conclude, they will reject those memberships and perhaps even reject her candidacy. She's still not approved to be a candidate. She hasn't gone through the vetting process, to my knowledge, uh, as of uh, as of Friday. And uh, so she's got a couple bars to clear here. She has to be vetted and approved by the executive, uh, and that's not necessarily a done deal. And then there her memberships that she brought in between the time Horgan announced he was ret- uh, stepping down and September 4th, which was the cutoff date for signing people up, all those will be scrutinized. And if there's any impropriety there of people who were Green Party members or people with sort of a stated objective to take the party down, they will be rejected uh, as uh, not eligible. And then we'll go. We'll see what happens then. Either she will be a candidate, and her and David Eby will face a vote uh, beginning in November and concluding December 3rd, or she won't be a candidate, and that'll be it. And David Eby will be declared the winner, and he could be premier sooner than uh, December 3rd. But we don't know what's going to happen yet. I think the executive meets next week, and I think that's when we're going to get some clarity. Nothing is ever easy when it comes to politics west of the Rockies. My goodness. When you're talking about the Green Party members uh, perhaps signing up with the NDP, is there some 
call to the, the opening of the books for somebody who may have missed the story, Keith, really is what I'm going at here is, is that the, there's some buzz that there was a, you know what, we'll suspend your membership in the Green Party, go over there and become a member of the NDP and vote for this candidate in this takeover process. And then once we've achieved that, you can come back over here and be a part of the Green Party again. Is that that's what, terms? Yeah, that, but that's, that wasn't the official party position. Um, no. like Sonia First almost never said anything like that. And I don't no, 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 they, no. But no. there were members of the Green Party saying that. Uh, and the NDP has released a bunch of stuff from social media, Facebook uh, messages, tweets from people saying, hey, this is what you do. Just quit temporarily, go over, elect her as leader, and if she doesn't win, come back and, and be part of the Green Party. And you've also got in this race evidence that like her official agent is um, in this race is a, a chair, she chairs a BC Green Party policy committee. So there's a lot of you know intertwining um, connections here. Her campaign manager at the time of the launch is a former Green Party candidate, Doug Routley, the NDP on the island here, says that um, a former the person he ran against who was the Green Party candidate last time, has now joined his party. The other thing that's of concern to the NDP here is uh, where the sign-ups from the environmental movement have been in the greatest numbers in South Vancouver Island, which makes sense since this is where the part of the uh, province that actually elects Green Party MLAs and Adam Olson yeah. and Sonia First and all. But they've now taken over a couple of riding associations in terms of numbers, and they could conceivably deny sitting NDP MLAs their renomination um, veteran MLAs, and that's got yeah. the party up in arms as well, is that, wait a minute, not only do we have this hostile takeover at the provincial level, but also at the local level, uh, which uh, if they remain members, uh, that could they could deny sitting MLAs their renomination, and that's got the party freaked out as well. So it's, uh, it's talk about not seeing this coming. This yeah. is one of the downsides. I'm not a fan of this one-member, one-vote approach to choosing leaders. I think it's open to abuse and manipulation, and we've seen this in other races. There was lots of uh, malfeasance in the race to replace Gordon Campbell and in the B.C. Liberal side. There was there was all sorts of controversies and signups when the NDP uh, elected, uh, chose Adrian Dix as the yeah. uh, as the leader. Remember the infamous video footage of NDP MLA Maple, Mabel Elmore stapling $10 bills to memberships. Yeah. So these things are open to abuse. I mean, in Christy Clark's race, I think a cat was actually deemed to be a member Signed and, a, and yeah. a dead person. Uh, I, I think, and I know a number of MLAs I've talked to would favor this, going back to the old delegate convention, where you choose delegates at the local level. They go to a convention in some town. They spend a week sort of brokering a deal and figuring out who's going to be the leader, and they vote on it on the convention floor. And it's a dramatic way and an exhausting way to choose a leader, but I think it's prefer, prefer, preferred over this one-member, one-vote, which I think is open to all sorts of abuse. We're going to open up the phone lines on this, so if you've got a uh, comment or question for Keith Baldry, of course, Bob, please be first time we've opened up the phones on today's show. I'm so sorry. It's typically you know, happened long before here, but get yourself lined up. If you want to chime in here, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. But just before we pause for a break here, Keith, a little bit about the municipal elections, primarily Surrey and Vancouver and and Victoria, uh, to, to get your perspective on what we're seeing five days out. Yeah, it's interesting. Victoria here, um, boy, this place is covered in lawn signs. And I was struck having family dinner yesterday with family members saying 
the problem with these lawn signs, they, they don't tell you anything. They just say the name. There's no parties. There's just uh, a name with no background on, on who you're going to vote for. Vancouver's got nine parties running there. Some of them created seemingly overnight. Yeah. So one thing I noticed in this election is there's a real lack of identity uh, of who is running and what they represent um, at, uh, at, to the voters. I mean, you go back a few years, Jody, in Vancouver. Vancouver was either you're going to vote for NPA, team, or COPE. And that was basically it. And you knew, you knew what you were getting from the lawn signs and from the candidates. And now that's not necessarily the case. It's a very crowded field. 137 names are on the ballot in Vancouver for, for council and school board, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, and expecting voter, Expecting voters to go through this and make coherent choices, or informed choices, is a, a bit daunting. I think it's confusing, and I think it's intimidating. For voters, which I suspect, does this translate into a low turnout, even lower than usual turnout, uh, particularly in Vancouver, from voters who are just saying, eh, I don't know who any of you are. Uh, I'm going right. to stay home. Same thing in Victoria. Um, Victoria, Surrey, and Vancouver have the most names on the ballot than any municipality in the entire country. It's a, it's quite the challenge for voters to make their way through the weeds of this. I mean, I'm not talking about mayors necessarily. I mean, it's that's much more clear-cut. It's more the councils and school boards where there's less information for people to choose from. Having said that, it's still going to be a fascinating night on uh, Saturday. Uh, the mayoral races in those three towns are up in the air. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see if someone in Surrey becomes mayor with less than 25% of the vote, because that's a distinct possibility. When you've got five credible candidates running for mayor, plus a couple others, it's uh, yeah. they could easily get double digits each in terms of the 20% um, level, and that's just unprecedented. Thanksgiving edition of Baldry's Beat. Jody Vance in for Mike Smith and lots of callers on the line for our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. Uh, let's start with Mike in Vernon. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, good morning. Um, a couple of points. First of all, um, with the uh, riding associations and the delegates going to pick um, leaders for parties, I think that's the way to go. Um, because right now it's just gotten out of control with all these special interest groups, you know, like what we see happening right now. But the other thing, too, is um, that the parties also have to get away from this bad habit of parachuting their favoured um, candidates into riding associations or ridings and saying this is who's running. So that's one thing. The other thing is as far as the, uh, the number of people running uh, for council in Vancouver, Surrey and, you know, Victoria – we're also seeing it a little bit here in Vernon. I moved here four years ago, and uh, I really don't know who to vote for. And I've kind of standing on the sides going, well, what do I do? And the problem is, too, that we just don't seem to get enough of their of what their agenda is out there for us to read. You know, the local newspaper, we haven't even seen the, we haven't even seen the uh, um, any any kind of uh, a list Platform. of candidates and what they stand for. Platforms, yeah. 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 The local newspaper yeah. hasn't done it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I've been tracking that in local newspapers around the province. In the large library here, we get all the papers. And some papers have published uh, lists of um, of candidates and what they stand for, and others have not. That's a traditional source of information. And as the media landscape shrinks and personnel shrinks at these papers, perhaps some of them don't have the resources to provide those that sort of much-needed service as they did in the past. So I think a lot of voters are in the dark right now. Uh, about just exactly what they're being asked to, who they're being asked to vote for, and what they stand for. And it's interesting here in Victoria, Jody. We've got a sort of this um, 
uh, covert attempt by the People's Party of Canada, uh, which is a far-right group, to b- mm-hmm. basically um, run candidates under a coded name. Here it's the Viva. Uh, to take over the school board, if not the city council. Even though that's not what they say in their platform, that's exactly what they are. And that's a bit of a a challenge for voters to sort of get through that smokescreen. You know what, we're seeing that in uh, Vancouver and Richmond as well, more and more. Uh, Just just seeing that there's sort of this infiltration of the extremes mm-hmm. under the guise of of neutrality almost it's like yeah. oh who are we we're just over here on the school board we're just yeah they, they call themselves you know we're the common sense party you know wh- why wouldn't you vote for us and i think the the fringe parties and i think you're going to see this on the far left as well realize municipal politics is a better entry point than other senior levels of government because the voter turnout is so low. So and so low, yeah. you don't need as many people to vote for you in, in order to secure power. Gary sent me an email saying, I'd be interested in hearing from Sonia first to know and how she feels about her members, what they're apparently doing. How could any party leader be okay with this? Have you heard anything from the BC Green leader? I haven't heard anything official from the BC Greens, even though the NDP is kicking out evidence of BC Green members gleefully saying this is the way to sort of take over the NDP, and if it doesn't work, we can come back. So this is what also prompted the NDP letter to the Greens, uh, and the Greens, again, understandably said, no, this is your problem, not ours. We're not getting involved right. in this. we got a bunch of calls to get to. Let's go to Doug in Surrey. Welcome, Doug. Keith and Jody, I look here at the Surrey first, and I uh, see most of the people, if it wasn't for uh, this glitzy piece of stuff that came in my mailbox, I wouldn't know anything about most of them. On the ballot, there's no slates mentioned, so you don't know who you're voting for, basically. But it looks like it's uh, there's ex-mayors of White Rock and Surrey who were both connected to the B.C. Liberals. It looks like a front for the B.C. Liberals. Well, there's a number of BC MLAs running in this election. You've got uh, Gordy Hogan, Surrey. You've got, uh, these are ex-MLAs. Richard Lee, longtime MLA, is trying to get on the council in Burnaby. Cash Heed, the former Solicitor General, is running for council in Richmond. Rich Coleman, of course, uh, the former um, uh, Minister of Many Hats in BC Liberals, is running to be Mayor of Langley. Langley. And Richard Stewart, people forget, a long-time mayor of Coquitlam, seeking re-election, probably when he was actually a BC Liberal MLA in uh, 2001, uh, when Gordon Campbell first came in. So, you know, once you get into politics, sometimes it's hard to ever leave. You just change the level of government you want, or level of uh, of governing you want to be part of. Talking about multi-levels, with just a minute to go here, um, I got this from from regular listener Liz. She said. Uh, um, EB has recently endorsed Stewart. I think this is inappropriate. What does Baldry think? Stewart, as in Richard Stewart? No, in uh, Kennedy Stewart. David oh, Kennedy Eby Stewart, yes. Um, endorsing Kennedy Stewart, the incumbent mayor in Vancouver. Oh, they're free to endorse who they want. That, that did surprise me, though, and it actually caught some of his colleagues by surprise, I can tell you that, mm-hmm. in the government, not thinking that uh, thinking they're just going to stay out of this. Uh, Kennedy Stewart, a former NDP MP, of course, but relationships between Kennedy Stewart and the BC NDP government has not exactly been warm through this pandemic. In fact, he was uh, seen, looked upon with disapproval at the beginning of the pandemic when he held his weekly news conferences demanding that the, the provincial government sort of step in and help Vancouver with, with tons of cash. That did not impress uh, other NDP members in Cabinet. But it did surprise me that EB would endorse him. 
Keith, as always, such a pleasure. Thank you for doing this on what is a vacation day. You could have just taken the day off. And Not for you. Ready for your turkey dinner. You're very kind. When I heard Thank you me. were hosting, I thought, I'm stepping in here.